0: Hello and welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and I'm here to welcome you to a very, very, very special episode. This is our follow up to A Teacher's Guide to Mental Health, and this is a teacher's guide to false guilt and codependent schools, and also how to deal with it. This is a very special episode. It's over an hour. If you're new to the podcast, our episodes are normally about 20 to 30 minutes long, so this is a little extra. But I'd like to thank all the patrons who helped us out with this. There are so many. Many, I'm going to give a list at the end. We're also going to have a list on the website. I couldn't have done this without our Patreon patrons. If you're interested in supporting this podcast because it speaks your language and it says what you like and you want to hear more of it, sign up for our Patreon. It's only 5 to $10 a month and there is so much extra episodes, exclusive content, interview with the host. It also gives you a chance to join our Facebook group where you can chat with other like-minded teachers just like this. So real quick, I'm going to give a shout out to all of my favorite Patreons. People, yay! All right, big thanks to Hattie F, James and Allie J, Empress D, Samantha D, Lisa C, Rachel, Tarina, Exhausted Band Director, Kim K, Noelle R, Alan H, Kim K, Jessica A, Swiffle F Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Melissa V, Steph, Science Teach 17, Michael M, Kim C, William P, Sarah O, Aldrich T, La pianita! Britt M, Tisha C, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Caitlin L, Marsha M, Christina B, Miss Alabama, Kristen B Huvian, Ashley M Jason F Amber H Abby B and T Sarah B Regina F Anna L Josie S Sam B Lucy P Mary E Jamie B Hope H Aaron D Kristen W Vanessa J Mary C Ryland L Catherine S RJR Kristen C Johanna H Tony and Christina K Irma A Nimi Melissa M and Sarah N thank you guys so much for supporting us alright one more shout out I'd like to thank our sponsor Lud Lamb Dramatics if you are a theater teacher or you know one in your building or you're being forced to do a play, go check out the website Ludlam Dramatics. They make the best educational theater posters. They are specific to the theater classroom. They have all kinds of branded content. It's amazing and it's one of the best educational tools you could have for a theater classroom. Now, my friends, teachers everywhere, probably including you, are struggling. Things are rough right now. And we have our episode on a teacher's guide to mental health where we talk about depression and how to deal with it and anxiety and different ways of coping. Today, we're talking about something different, and that's false guilt and also codependency. And not only do we talk about these grim subjects, we also talk about how to deal with them and how to help yourself and how to climb out of a rut you're in. So the first half of this episode could be a little triggering because we talk about codependent relationships. We talk about gaslighting. We talk about just being made to feel guilty because you are tired and exhausted. These are all things we cover in this episode. And so I hope you enjoy it. A lot of love and a lot of work went into this. A lot of our patrons helped out and we had a lot of sources that we pulled from this i'm going to name them at the end of the episode so please stick around thank you for supporting the podcast and enjoy and if you have anything you'd like to share with us hit us up through the contact page of teacher bunny will you start chanting balls for me please that's your favorite thing in the world isn't it <laughs> that is my favorite thing in the world you are speaking the truth Balls, coming oh, balls, 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 And balls. welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. Hooray! I am Elvis, your host, and today I am joined by the amazing Bunny O'Hare. Hey, Elvis. Hey, folks. I'm so glad you're here. And also, Miss Lucia Lane.
1: Hey, all you baby cakes. And then,
0: of course, Count Chocolate.
2: The chocolate one has arrived. What's up, y'all?
0: I'm so glad you're here. And also introducing, well, those of you who heard last week's episode got to hear her voice, Lady Shethiad! Hello, everyone! So, guys, I am glad you're here. We are, oh, God, this has been, like, one of the craziest, I could say school year, but, like, school semesters this month alone has been insane. And we've been talking about it all month every meet, with the lack of teachers The just blunt, just like, hey, just get in a classroom, just be in a classroom. We don't really care what you're doing. You just need to be there. The sub shortages going around, schools having to close. They're saying it's not because of COVID. It's because they have literally no one to run the classrooms in a safe manner. Because
1: of COVID. Yeah,
0: because because of COVID. They're not saying COVID. They're saying it's a sub shortage and a teacher shortage. But it's because everyone's fucking sick.
3: I believe every single thing of that because of COVID.
0: No, 100%. But- and we've covered how, like, they're trying to get teachers in. They're trying to get everybody they can. The state of New Mexico brought in the National Guard Reserve to be in there oh to God. sub in classrooms so they wouldn't have to shut down because, God forbid, we shut down schools. But what's hilarious is, like, my district in Texas finally shut down because of COVID for two days last week. It's fairly last minute, like, Tuesday afternoon, they announced, you know, okay, starting Thursday and Friday... There will be no school. The district is shutting down. Unless you have an after-school program like basketball or football or theater, then you can still run. But school day Unless is closed. Unless have a real reason school.
3: to breathe on one another and spread COVID, we're out of here. Exactly.
0: But you don't need subs for those things. But they need subs or to hire subs. But then this week, we are blessed with a, what are we going to call this, uh, a winter storm that came through and completely iced over the state of Texas again. And because Texas never learns its lesson, we don't have ice trucks or salt trucks or things to get snow off the road. And so, like, up north, people know how to drive on ice. And if there's ice and snow, they have things to scrape it or to make the roads treatable (laughs) to some extent. Not here. And so everything shut down. I can guarantee anyone from the north, if you saw the roads this Friday morning, would be like, they shut down for this. I I
1: drove
3: on them. I drove on them.
0: I drove yesterday. It was a little slippery yesterday, but I I wanted a pizza. So I I did it. It happened. It needed to happen. But I, yeah, right. But I didn't go out again, but it's funny that they've closed. We've had all these three day weeks absences are through the roof because of that. And also because everyone's catching Omicron, I I can say safely that like 75% of podcast hosts have got it at this point, if not more. I know almost every single teacher. I know, well, a majority of them has had some form of it. Some people have had just the stuffy nose. Some people have been out for a few days. Some people are getting the knock you on your ass for two weeks COVID. And those are vaccinated people. It's a fucking scary time. A lot of the districts have kind of moved this year to guilting teachers for Absolutely. You know, no, wanting I to take care of themselves. You and know. that's their new tactic, is instead of saying, hey, we'll pay you more, or hey, you guys are heroes, now they've moved to, like, the shitty, abusive boyfriend part of, like, hey, you're a bad person. Why aren't you doing it for the kids? I feel like teachers are being gaslit right now. You
1: mean like when one of the secretaries at my campus said that teachers really needed to be pulling their weight more, helping cover up their classes? Oh, yeah. gosh. Like Absolutely that.
2: ridiculous. Like, like, that, that is, that ask is nuts. Me
1: how many. Ask me how many classes – that person has covered.
2: 100%. tell me
0: when,
3: like, gaslighting teachers was not a thing?
0: I think just with the blatant guilt right now, and that's the main thing I want to talk about this episode is toxic guilt and teacher guilt, uh, and because yeah. it's become real and it's something I don't think we've ever had to speak out against before. But it's become almost a real weapon. Guilt right now is a lot of what keeps some people there. And it sucks. And we're going to go more to this. We're going to discuss guilt. We're going to talk about, like Bunny said, about how it ties to someone who almost like someone in an abusive relationship or a bad marriage or even who knows what. We're going to cover a lot of that today. And so my friends who are listening, a couple things. We're going to talk about guilt. We're going to talk about depression. And then after we've discussed a lot of this and why it's there and some of the root causes, so hopefully you can identify if you're struggling with some of this, we're going to talk about some ways to deal with it. And so it's not going to be all doom and gloom. We're going to talk about some things to help you bring you out of this. So if you're hearing this right now and you're starting to feel like, oh shit, I can't do this. This is too on the mark. Bear with us. Stick around for like 25, 35, who knows, 40 minutes. This is going to be a longer episode. But we are going to get to the things about self help and self care and doing what you need to. Because we've got a lot of people here who can help. Lucille has done what she needed to do to make sure she's taking care of her house. Lady Shethihead is an expert at that. Miss Bunny is doing a really good job setting boundaries with her and her new buddy, Fufu. Count is a family man, and so he has to set boundaries between his school and what he does for his kids. And God forbid he wants to have a personal life in there too. So bear with us. We're going to share the heavy stuff. We're going to talk about it. But then we're also getting what we know you can help. And my God, none of us are perfect here. None of us know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, we got to share a little bit of solutions. And we don't have big solutions, but I think between whatever, we can tie together a nice little safety net to hold each other. So that's my goal today.
1: Um, A little bit of background for our listeners outside of Texas or who are just not familiar with the term OAP is an acronym in Texas for one act play for it's our theater competition, our, uh, state theater contest. So
0: it's UIL.
1: Yeah. Yeah. UIL so.
0: nationwide. So
1: oh, this is from oh, patron yeah. swine, teen ad patron, iron swine faculty meeting on a half day on Wednesday, academic Dean in a mocking tone. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah, no one cares. Get over it. This is the new normal. I'm sick of hearing the pandemic excuse. These kids need you to be here and to stay after school for them. We can't even get y'all to stay when we offer to pay you. How else do you think we're going to fulfill HB 45 if you won't step up for these kids? I'm tired of excuses. You're just not doing enough. Then they proceeded to send out emails to the entire staff congratulating teachers who had perfect attendance with candy and jeans passes. The closing line read, perfect since ten eighteen and encouraged all of us to congratulate and celebrate these individuals. Oh, Meanwhile, my name wasn't on the list because last Thursday, I was asked last minute to host our OAP contest and then had four students quit OAP within two class periods because we didn't realize the time commitment and we'd rather do track. And since I have already used all of my alternates, I have no one to replace them. I have to have open auditions or change the play. Contest is in three weeks. I scheduled a double session with my therapist and took Friday off from my mental health and was immediately guilted for it. And supposedly, I'm on one of the good campuses. It's bad. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad every day.
0: Okay, out of asking, all of you guys, everyone, including Lucille, how many (laughs) of you have experienced something similar to this? With your principals either trying to black or like make you feel guilty, give you shit, try to promote those. And when they do thank you, they're thanking you with penny anny things like, oh, here's a piece of 25 cent candy. Here's a Reese's. How many of you have experienced this? Lady Shatia, have you been through this? <laughs> I
4: have. I'm very blessed to have not had that experience this year. We have brand new administrators, like, full-on new administrative staff completely on our campus this year and they seem to be really amazing but in the past yes i've had this happen so many times and it's it's so disheartening and it just makes you feel like crap bunny what
0: about you tell me about everyone's experience this is like the me too of the teacher world
4: it really is like the
1: me too of the teacher world my god we were supposed to have our first not our first one i guess the second one for the year a school dance friday afternoon it got canceled because of the weather but Like, I, no, I did not volunteer to sign up to go work at that. No. Why? And the the guilt has been like, oh, we still need some more volunteers, you know, and they try that reverse psychology thing of thanking you, you know, thank you for volunteering your time when they send out the list. No, no, I'm not volunteering my time. I'm not. Am I getting paid for this? No.
0: And the other half of that is when they target the teachers who do volunteer the one or two who decided they would or got guilted into it or for whatever reason are doing it, like they owe the principal a favor. Like, I really would love some people to come and help out Miss So-and-so. She is working so hard by herself to blow a 5,000 balloons for this dance or, or something like that. I'm like, fuck. Okay, I will go help her because I feel bad. But it's she shouldn't be in that position. We shouldn't be called in to do this. It shouldn't be – isn't that what we have boosters? Isn't that what we have PTA for? Lucille? Tell me when and where the bad principal or admin said this to you.
3: I think I had my problem when I was told that I had to do things outside of my abilities. So for instance, I taught special ed for the last four years of my career. And it was just kind of like, I need you to show up for this and that and whatever. And they, they knew well Parents were going to show up for it, right? So they wanted me to, of course, go above and beyond. I hate to say this, but, like, you know that when you teach special ed, the special ed community is not, like, when I say community, like, parents with their kids are not coming in to, like, see you for any kind of, like, open house or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But they asked me to do the extras, like, can you make this flyer? Can you do this and that and whatever, and giving me extras because they already knew that I wouldn't be putting in my time, so they had to like, make sure they exhaust me somewhere
0: else. Well, what you're, what you're talking about is they're making us take on extra things that aren't our job description or even our wheelhouse, or knowledge base. Think how much in normal, air quote, school years, teachers right. are asked to teach off-subject. There'll be yeah. an English teacher like, hey, I need you to go teach sign language now. I've never done sign language. In my life. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Here's the lesson plans. Just stay a week ahead and show these videos. You'll be fine. And it's like, oh. uh. but that happens all the time. It has been happening for years. But the extremes are so bad now. They're asking for janitors and cleaning staff to help cover classrooms, making like the school nurse all of a sudden have to be responsible for submitting attendance for the school to the district. Where these are things that are not in your wheelhouse they might not know how to do. But they're I mean, like, well, someone has to do it, so it might as well be you.
3: It may not be in my wheelhouse, but I have been asked several times like to come out of my classes and forget my minutes. Like, mm-hmm. forget my my minutes. Forget my sped minutes. That is in. An- an important part of my job to make sure that these kids get their legal minutes. And um, I had to go and because I have a master's degree in reading, I had to go teach ELAR in like other classrooms. They kept it within my wheelhouse, I will say that, but like they're also taking away from the minutes in need.
0: Count, what about you? What's what's your deal? I mean, we talked just a second ago about your teacher guilt. What about admin guilting you into doing more than your job or outside your job description? Or something you would not normally do?
2: So my current admin is great. Um, I haven't been able to say that. For the past year, I've been able to say that. The couple of years prior to that, I was not in a position where I could actually say that. Um, I believe I have a principal and admin staff that are legitimately here for kids. And I think they're willing to take... the brunt of the backlash that we'll get for this year if our test scores aren't where they're supposed to be or if our numbers are down in terms of, like, the number of students earning AP credit or that kind of a thing. Um, I, I, I haven't gotten that, but I will tell you that previously, like, I can say that 18 months ago, that even in my role as a counselor, uh, for almost an entire week, I was asked to come back into the classroom. And... Yeah teach and then on the periods when I didn't have a class be available for students in crisis or to work with whatever students. And I was like, hey, if I am going to do multiple jobs, not like, oh, sure I can cover this, but like if you want me to teach and be a, you know, a crisis counselor at the same time, how can you justify this for paying me one salary? And I know that sounds crazy. But, like it was it was one of those things of there's got to be someone else who can do this. This is from our
0: patron um, physics runner. And holy shit, this one, um this this really does break my heart. This is tone deaf admin and asshole admin. So from our patreon, or from our patron physics runner, it says, "I was guilted by my department chair last year for putting in a sub at eleven pm. the night before." after seeing my ex-wife hours before she died. At the beginning of this year, he used my situation as of, of an example of what not to do, put in for a sub late at night at the last minute, because my subposition didn't get filled the next day. I was shamed. My children were in trauma. I was in trauma. It's incredibly difficult to see someone dying of cancer at the end. And, Physics Runner, I can't even imagine going through that. And reading our comments and the things popping up, fuck that admin. Fuck them hard. That would have – that's one of those things where I wouldn't come in. But I bet a lot of the reason you came in was to try to have some kind of normalcy and stability, and you wanted to be there for the kids because they make the job worth it. And if that's the one good part of the job, they guilt you into remembering about that. But physics runner, holy fuck. I'm without words. Like that truly drops my jaw
4: I can't even imagine somebody trying to twist that. And you don't necessarily have to know a person's actual reason for putting in a sub, but that's their right to put in a sub. You can put in a sub at five o'clock in the morning if you're like puking your brains out, and it should
0: be okay. So we're going to talk about toxic guilt and false guilt. And we've talked about a lot of situations, uh, Miss Shithead, uh you might take
4: this one over. <laughs> sure. False guilt and toxic guilt. The aforementioned situations instill certain emotional responses in a person: guilt, shame, anxiety, hurt, betrayal, disappointment, loneliness, emptiness, and many others. This false sense of guilt even becomes a default state that is referred to as chronic or toxic guilt. As a result, the person tends to take on unjust responsibility and feels overly guilty if things around them go wrong. They are quick to accept that everything is their fault, even though it isn't. They also often have poor boundaries, are emotionally enmeshed with other people, and try to manage other people's emotions or generally feel overwhelmed by other people's
0: emotions. So, my friends, I feel I know a lot of teachers that fit this situation. It doesn't mean that they're weak people or they're shitty people. It means that they've kind of been hammered into this situation. Years and years of teaching will make you feel that you have to go above and beyond and stay after or do extra or you are failing the kids.
4: The part
1: that stuck out to me, taking on unjust responsibility and feeling guilty around them go wrong like that's exactly what's happening with us getting guilted about not covering extra classes or not doing the after school activities or not that's that's exactly what's
0: happening no Aldrich t said that our, our patron pop daddy said people who are feeling this way often feel empathic where they're absorbing the emotions and feelings and they feel like they're taking them on personally when they hear them
3: yeah and most people who put themselves in education feel that way. And when you feel that way, you feel like you have to extend yourself. With that, like, you can't extend yourself enough. Like, that's that's the reality of it. You can't, you can't, it's, it's done after so far.
4: And then we are expected to go farther. I've observed is a lot of new teachers, well, we all usually... Educators go into education because of some other educator that has inspired us, and I think that, um, with time comes wisdom and a lot of our new teachers who are entering this field, especially at a time like this, they have these set expectations and standards of what they think a good teacher should be, but they just don't have the experience yet or they don't have the support yet. And so then they start feeling guilty because they aren't living up to their own standards, their own expectations of what they should be able to do. And that's just unrealistic, but that guilt really burns them out very quickly.
0: But I think what's happening now is we have a very wise, transparent generation coming up with the millennial teachers that are coming in now where they can see very clearly what other jobs make, what other districts make. They, are, they know how to use all the information at their fingertips. And so they can see the shit they're going through and then compare it to their friends who are in another industry and see how they are being compensated and what they are having to do or not having to deal with and going why am i going to keep doing this i can make 30 grand more and go work at this place for half the like half the trouble but it heart- hurts because a lot of teachers have been wanting to do them said forever this was their dream this was their vocation they want grew up knowing they wanted to be a teacher and then they're getting kind of abused for it that kind of leads to depression and we've talked about depression a lot. In fact, if you go back to our other episode, A Teacher's Guide to Mental Health, we go in depth about situational depression, depression, how to deal with it. But I think when you're in this false guilt, you feel guilty and that can weigh on your health and it can start you to make start to make you feel really depressed and you start to spiral and make bad choices and it's tough to break out of. But part of it is realizing you don't need to feel guilty about this. You need to set boundaries and you can set boundaries. But it's hard when you're in a codependent situation. And I think what happens is a lot of teachers don't realize that this job, the relationship you have with your job, with your students, with your coworkers, can be a codependent
2: situation. Codependency and repetition compulsion. A lot of people who suffer from toxic guilt and shame develop what is known as codependency. Codependency usually refers to dysfunctional relationships where one person supports or enables another person's unhealthy behavior, such as addiction, acting out, irresponsibility, abusive actions, and so on. This is because a self-blaming person is used to being in a dysfunctional relationship where they had to be responsible for the dysfunctional person's dysfunctional behavior. And so when they grow up, it all seems natural, even desirable simply because it's familiar. And so even though this is talking
0: about a personal relationship, I think everyone listening can hear this and identify them, maybe not with your current job, but with some educational job you've had before, where you become responsible for this job's irresponsible actions. You start to blame yourself for not doing enough for the kids, or you start to accept guilt because there's no one else here to do it. I, I'm sure you guys are feeling this now. No, this I
4: is something that I see all the time. And it really is something that we have to be talking about more often, especially with teachers who run after-school extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. like our coaches and our uh, fine arts directors and things. Because there has to be a point where you have to create healthy boundaries. And a lot of people work in teams, like there's teams of coaches or teams of directors, teams of teachers running these programs. And we only feed off of each other. And I know because I used to be there, I used to be this person who was codependent on the success of my program and the success of my students and making sure that I was doing everything within my being to make sure that they had the best successful opportunities. And then when we failed, it was tough. And what I'm seeing is so many people are just having such an unhealthy relationship with their time towards these activities or these lessons or these projects. And it's not modeling good time management or healthy relationships and healthy boundaries to the students themselves.
0: Exactly. A hundred percent. When you have children like your own flesh and blood children, they tell you model your relationship in front of them of what you would like them to have or what you would like them to do. So if you are someone who is insulting your partner or treating them like crap or making them do everything, your children are going to go up and think that's normal and the way it should be. And we have teachers that go through the educational system And they see this is how it is. Oh, you're a student teacher. You pay the college a bunch of money, and you work for three months, and you don't get paid or a stipend. and You're kind of the bitch. And so you can learn. And granted, you learn a lot. I probably learned more student teaching than I did in any of my educational classes. But you get to start witnessing this at a very young age and just assume this is what it's like. And so it's truly mind-blowing when you get into a healthy relationship with a different job or a different school to see, oh, these people have boundaries. They're not going to be asking me to clean this up. They're not asking me to do this. This is very real, and I think a problem is no one sees the connection, or people just know I am burned out. I can't do this anymore. But it's the exact same way you are dealing with a codependent or a bad relationship. As far as jumping ship, I know Count was just talking about at previous schools of the administration. He had this problem and now he's at a school with good administration where they actually look out for him. Lucille was in a job where she was unappreciated and soul sucked and now she is in a different place. My relationship um,
3: just right now with my co-workers and just what I'm doing is phenomenal. Getting out of that toxic environment is just a really um, big deal for me. I've noticed the quality of my life just like, and I've thought about this honestly, like so I've gone, um, what if I had to show up for work today? What if I had to get up at five something and then show up for work? And I just know that I would never be happy. Um, just because, and we had a change in, um, when I, when I left, we had a change in the entire admin and it was detrimental to the happiness, of course, of, um, of an entire school, right? I got to experience that new admin when I quit. I have honestly, Less knots in my shoulders than when I did when I was teaching.
0: This is from our patron user Pipsy Jolly Kirk, Jolly Kirk, forgive me. And what she says is something she runs into a lot is feeling guilty about the energy she has for her own personal children. I work all day pouring my heart and soul into my students. I get home and I am exhausted. I don't feel like I have it into me. In me to be a good parent. Then I feel guilty because mommy needs a break and needs to compress. My three year old doesn't understand this. We get home and he wants to play, read, or tell me about his day, and I just can't. I cry because I feel like I am not a good mom. I really struggle. I either feel guilty because I am not ready or mentally there for my students, or I feel guilty because I'm not mentally there for my family. And that is a huge issue right now. And it's not just for people who have tr- children. I'm sure. Bunny can speak to being exhausted, having a horrible day and coming home to a baby. Or all of us can speak of coming home and your partner wants to do something. He's like, I can't talk now. Give me 15 minutes. Let me decompress for just a second. I love you. I want to see you. But my men, I'm mentally not there yet. I think all teachers have said that. And then Count Chocolate puts there, the families, they deserve better than our leftovers after a long day. They deserve us. They're our family." Why should schools take all the first cut and we just give what's left to our partners, our lovers, our children, our friends?
1: A four, almost five-month-old, um, my first and only, and there's a good chance, last like only child. And I've been coming home so exhausted this year, and babies babies can be a lot of work, like the little bitties like that, because... They depend on you for everything. It's not like with an older kid where they can kind of, you know, get their own cereal or something. And there's days that I'm so tired and I feel like I'm not. So I I feel you on that. That's been my motivator for setting some healthier boundaries. And I feel like I can get away with it now because my baby is so young and so new. Like. Mm-hmm. When you have a newborn, people are like, oh, yeah, go home and see your baby. With older kids, people tend to be like, oh, well, they'll be okay.
0: The next part of this will be a lot of setting healthy boundaries and how to do it. Let's touch just for a second on days. Out of everyone here, and Lucille, speak to the part before you jumped.
1: Uh huh. Do
0: you know how many days you have? How many days do you have banked? How many days are you given by your district? Do you know exactly how many you have?
3: I have 15 and, like, 10 of those days are, like, sick days and, and personal days, and then five. When I left my first teaching position, I had 48 sick days.
0: That you did not use.
3: That I did not use.
0: That you had just banged.
3: And donated them to a woman who had cancer so that she could go longer without without having a paycheck taken from her. Yeah, in Texas, when I left teaching, I still had 12 days that I could just, like, use.
0: But you didn't because they either felt guilty or they said not to guilty. use them felt, or you're uh, not allowed guilty. to use them. No, just felt guilty. And you know what? If teachers want to use all their days in January because they are stressed out, they're burned out, or they don't want to cover 100 fucking classes, that is their right. And we shouldn't give teachers shit for using their personal days. There have been times where I know I've rolled my eyes, so so and so's not here again. Oh fuck. Everyone's probably done that. But you know what? That was shitty of me. Because looking back, I'm like, no, they deserve every single day for whatever reason they have. Where do I get the right to ever say someone does not deserve to use a personal day? I don't know what's going on there. Fuck, they could just want to sit in bed and masturbate all day. Good for them. They deserve it. That's their fucking day. They can do what they want. No questions asked. It's fucked up, number one, that we live in a situation where someone, a teacher, a fellow, a peer of ours gets cancer And the district's not going to help them. We need to give our days out of pockets. Now, there are some districts that do have like a sick leave bank for people who have big emergencies. But that they'll say like a teacher can only get seven days out of this or a week because you'll have – inevitably in a big district, someone's going to get cancer. Someone's going to have a death in the family. These things happen, especially in large numbers of people. But it's fucked up. We're in a situation funded by the government. Where not only do we need to give away our own mental health days because someone had shit luck or is sick, we're also in a position that while they're doing that, they need to be responsible for what's going on in their classroom still. They need to provide two weeks of lesson plans. They need to make sure grades get put in somehow. That's fucked up. When you have a death in the family, when you're going through a divorce, if you have cancer or one of your loved ones is hurt, you don't have the mental space to create three weeks of lesson plans. And so then it falls on the shoulders of your peers, your friends, or sometimes people are even like, oh, they just got to pick up the slack. Teachers will say thank you for helping out. And they will say thank you for covering because we know what's going on. But the district does nothing to recognize. Like, yeah, just take care of your own. And that's fucked up. And that is an unhealthy relationship that we have normalized. And like Ms. Shathiyad was saying, like Buddy is saying, Lucille, account, everyone, this needs to change. This is not a healthy environment. And if it doesn't change, teaching as a profession is going to go away as we know it. Thank you for bearing with us. I hope this hasn't been a guilt trip. I hope this hasn't made people feel like shit. But it's something that's shitty, but I feel needs to be talked about because no one's really fucking talking about this. I'm going to read this quote. It says, for too long, we've been protecting the ones who have hurt us by minimizing our trauma and deprivation. It's time to stop protecting them and start to protect ourselves. We have been told and feel that we are responsible for the emotional well-being. We are not. We are responsible only for ourselves. The first step, as always, is you have to recognize it. Then... You can work on developing a more self-loving and self-caring relationship with yourself. You learn to have healthier boundaries, and you can learn not to accept unjust responsibility for others. I think that is the nail in the head. And with that, the cure for this is setting boundaries.
4: You need to recognize and understand the importance of self-care because that's what's gonna holistically make you a better person it's going to be vital to you as a person being okay and when you have that control you have the ability to take care of yourself however when you are letting other people control you and you're giving them that power as to what makes you happy and what makes you feel good then that's not okay. Being able to identify how to take care of yourself is you having the power to take control of the upcoming stressors that you can see coming. Being able to take care of yourself is giving you the power to take care of the people that you love and care about. Because if you can't take care of yourself, if you're not okay, how can you take care of those around you? You can't pour from an empty cup. And also, when you are taking care of yourself... It will give you the ability to have increased productivity. You're going to have a ha- happier life, a healthier life, and you're going to be able to give out more to other people and spread that out.
0: And that's what the world really needs a lot of right now. That's what we're supposed to be doing as teachers is spreading the help and spreading the love and sharing knowledge. And we can't do that if we're in a stressful, non-healthy situation one of the things Bunny brings up constantly is that students cannot learn if their basic needs are not met. That's Yeah, blooms, blooms before Maslow, yeah. And as teachers, we cannot teach and do our best for these students if our needs aren't met. And if we're in a stressed out situation where we can't take care of ourselves because we're being guilted into doing too much, we are going to have... Physical and mental problems, and I'm just going to go through some of the stress responses your body has to a lot of this. And I bet you, when I start talking about some of these, a lot of the people listening were like, "Oh yeah, that's a problem. Yep, that's there. Yep, that's there. It is important, not just for the stuff that Miss Shithead said on why self care is important." But when you are not practicing self-care, this is what it can do to you and your surroundings. First, you start to have different types of stress. You're probably used to tolerable stresses on your body, like serious things that are temporary, where like you, you're in the crunch. You have to do a thousand things. You're up all night. You're trying to get this lesson plan done. But you know in a day or two it's going to be over. That's temporary, and that's tolerable, and that's sometimes you have busy periods in your life. If you're an actress, you might have 10 shows. If you're a commercial agent, you might have to go and do like 10 presentations in a short window or get ready for them. You do it, it's stressful, but it's tolerable and your body can handle it because it's temporary. It becomes toxic when this keeps going and going and you don't have people protecting you anymore. You don't have people looking out for you anymore. And if it's everyone out for themselves... That creates a toxic, stress-filled environment, and this can cause you serious long-term and mental mental health issues. Chronic stress will start to impact health and immune system. You'll start getting sick a lot more often. I bet there are so many teachers that got sick 10 times their first year, and are like, oh, it's because I was exposed more to germs. Have you thought about your stress level that first year, how you were handling it, what you were doing after hours? Was it because you're exposed to so many germs or was it because you were stressed the fuck out? You're trying to do a million things and you probably weren't sleeping. And I bet there's a good chunk of us who not only that, we were still trying to live our pre-teacher lives where we're going out a lot or we're socializing. Hell, if you're a teacher who's trying to date, you can't be asleep at 9 o'clock because you're not going to see anybody. this toxic stress, when you have it for long periods, you start to get sick. You start to suffer. You start to gain weight. This is linked to heart disease, obesity. You might start to get migraines. You might have a hard time sleeping. This increases the body's production of cortisol and adrenaline. It impairs your ability to think clearly. How many of times have you had these crazy ass days and you get in the car and you get a text from a friend and you can't answer the question because your mind is not there yet? How many of you have had that? I bet almost everyone here has. That's stress. That is not because you're stupid. That is not because you are slow. It is because your body is at its limit and you need a break. And your brain shutting down right then is your brain going into self-preserve and saying, you know what? Just give me a second. We got to connect some synapses here. We got to release some dopamine. I can't do that right now. So what it's saying here is if you don't take care of yourself your body is going to shut down and make you.
3: You are absolutely right, though.
0: hundred percent. I just yeah, put my
3: arms up saying amen every time. Every time you say something. And,
0: mm-hmm. and just to go on, this can cause issues with your sex drive. It can kill your libido. I bet there are a lot of times where you're fried and you're not interested in being intimate with your partner or vice versa. There's times this can cause fertility issues, and men, it can cause low sperm count. Stressful situations in women can mess up your menstrual cycle. Your blood sugar give you stomach issues. This is all from a toxic stress environment. That's why if you these jobs can be killing you if you are not taking care of yourself or setting boundaries or practicing self-care. And I think everyone, especially this last January, has felt this and is feeling with it. Or has someone in their family and it's fucking with you and it's fucking with your relationship.
4: Well, and it's something that even if you're not personally battling with this kind of stress, you can see it. You can see it in your coworkers. Like how many of your coworkers have you watched over the past couple of years slowly decay or slowly, you know, gain all that weight, slowly become more emotionally unstable? Like I literally have coworkers who will have panic attacks in the middle of the day and they have to walk outside and sit on the stairwell. And then I'll stand in the hall so we can watch both classes. I've literally had coworkers of mine come to me like, I need help and I can't do it alone anymore. What can I do to become more healthy? I've taken to having to keep my
1: emergency medication in my purse again for my panic attacks. Like for the longest time I didn't have to. And this year I've started carrying it with me again and I had to take one at school the other day because I could feel a panic attack coming on. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a sustainable
0: level of stress. Besides it being ingrained in us and saying this is the environment we're in, this is just how it's done, this is how school needs to be run, and when we're in a fractured situation right now where things are falling apart, the old way, especially as fucked up as it is, can't keep going. And so people are, like, saying, okay, well, you need to earn a sick day or teachers just have it hard or it's all or nothing, you're doing it for the kids or it's too expensive these are the thoughts you need to get rid of it is important to take care of yourself sick days do not need to be earned teaching does not need to be a hardship you do not need to give everything you have you do not need to spend all your days to create a fucking Instagram perfect classroom and you don't need to sacrifice your health for the kids The way to managing these is the three R's. There's reflect, reframe, and regulate. And so Count's going to take us through reflect. What's reflect, Count?
2: All right. So with reflect, first we are going to ID what you're feeling. What are you thinking? What are you physically feeling? Can we label our emotions? And does its intensity match the situation? And from there we go to practice compassion. We acknowledge feelings, thoughts. Being aware is a good start. It doesn't mean you have to fix it all.
4: The next thing is to reframe and take a second look. So first, ask yourself, on a scale of 1 to 10, how serious is this problem? With 10 being like your house is on fire. (laughs) Two, am I creating a flood out of a cup of water? Think about that. Am I creating a flood out of a cup of water? Three, Will I remember this in six
0: months?
4: (laughs) Four, what is the silver lining? What can I learn from this? Or how can I have a positive impact on this situation? The other thing you can do is really look at it as what I can control versus what I cannot control. You can't control the virus. You can't control the cure. You can't control other people's behavior or what other people think and feel. So just remember to tell yourself... No one can hijack my space. You control your behavior, your feelings, and your thoughts. You determine what you can control and influence. And then knowing the difference between worrying versus problem solving.
0: And the last step is to regulate. When you're feeling this stressed, when you're feeling you're about to have a breakdown, when you feel that you are about to lose your shit and you cannot take it anymore, you need to stop. Check your pulse. Pause and step away before reacting. Even just waiting 30 seconds before you respond to an email, to a student, to a call to the office like, Mr. Elvis, will you come talk to the principal? Wait 30 seconds. Take a pause. Take your breath before you go deal with that because that will help you be more proactive in a situation versus being reactive where you can say, hey, you can't ask me to do that right now. Or just saying, oh, God, okay, okay, I'll cover this. I'm so sorry they're sick right now. It gives you a chance to get your mind in order. So stop. Then you need to catch your mental replay. A lot of times when we're stressing, we find we're repeating the situation we just experienced in our head over and over and over again. You're having the conversation with your boss over again. That shitty exchange with a parent. Uh, some little spiff you had with your partner. You are replaying it over and over again, and that does not help you. That's making the stress go. So you need to stop and press pause on that mental replay so you can just try to breathe and let it go and move on because repeating it is just traumatizing yourself with the same experience over and over and over again. And if you can't, try to swat it. Say it out loud or write it with the intent to let it go and be gone with it. Sometimes if you just say what you're feeling out loud, you can disrupt that spiral you have. Next, you need to use that doormat you have. Before you go to work, before you go home, stop right there for a second, take 30 seconds and breathe, and get rid of the shit that's stopping you from enjoying your family. Take all that shit, take an inventory, just take a pause before you get out of the car, before you go into that door, and say, all right, that day sucked, My time is for my family now or my time is for me or this is my yoga time. This is my dance time. This is my hobby time. Take that time for you and make sure you stop and make a distinguishing moment because if you just keep that thought looping in your head and you go in that door, you're just going to start traumatizing your family and they don't deserve that. They deserve the best you that you can give them and if you don't stop this, you won't and then you just got to chill the fuck out. Start to enjoy stuff. Listen to music. Go outside. Light some candles. Have a drink. Watch something funny. Talk to a friend. Just make sure you're not getting caught up in the drama of your other friends. Miss Shithead, I think you can handle this one. Would you mind talking about these things? This is you. Yes. The whole reason you're on this podcast.
4: Woo! Awesome. So this is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. And this is what has truly transformed my life. And that I think is what has made me survive as a teacher and why I'm not already out the door. And that is just basic care. For so many years, I was neglecting myself. I was not hydrating. I carry around a 64 ounce water bottle with me every single day. It has a straw. It's great. It's got time stamps on it. And I Get hydrated. It fuels me, it energizes me, and it gives me the ability to model good hydration, even to my students. Okay, second thing is I changed my nutrition. I eat healthy now, and I model that for my students. I get my students involved with me because I'm on a very strict eating schedule, and a lot of times that means I'm eating in front of the students, and I model it, and I make them hold me accountable, and they're like, oh, your alarm's going off, miss. You need to eat, and they see me eating. I fuel myself with healthy snacks, with healthy choices. That way I know that I am being the best person I can be, not only for me, but for my students and for my family when I get home. I get enough sleep now. I make sure that I have a bedtime and I make sure that I prioritize rest. When my body needs rest, I rest. If I want to take a nap on the weekends, I take a nap on the weekends without any guilt. I make sure that I'm also doing healthy movement. I want to make sure that I am making efforts to get in either certain amounts of steps or a certain amount of cardio or even just healthy stretching because my body needs to move. Sometimes honestly that is just a walk around the block getting some sunshine in. Okay? And then I also make sure that my self-care matches my availability time, I make sure that I make time to do things for me, for my family. I really love how the count was like, I don't want my family to get my leftovers. I make time, I set healthy boundaries. And I also, again, model that to my students and my co-workers by respecting their time. If I say this meeting after school is only going to last until 4.30, I make sure that it lasts just until 4.30. I don't go over that time. I respect their time. I set the boundaries and I make sure that everyone that I encounter understand these are my boundaries. I will say no to more. That way I can make sure I am available to the people I want to be available to.
0: Everyone has their different relationship with their health. And that's been my personal battle, my God, my whole entire adult life. There are times where I am eating well, and but every other part of my life is so stressful I'm not exercising, I don't reap the benefits. There are times where I'm exercising regularly, but I'm in such a stressful, unhealthy environment and not eating, I don't get to reap the benefits of it. And it is very, very important, not just for your mental health, but for your physical health, to take care of yourself because they're connected. You can't have a physically healthy body if your mind is full of shit. It's impossible because one's going to make the other break down. And I think everyone at some point goes through that and it fucking sucks. And in order to prevent that, you need to take the reins. You need to address either unhealthy relationship with your school. You need to adapt things to set good boundaries and you need to make sure you are practicing self-care and doing things that will preserve your relationship with yourself and your family, and your loved ones, and your friends.
4: And remember, it's always, it's a journey. Like, I did not become who I am today overnight. This took time. And as long as you're aiming for 1% better a day, that is wonderful.
0: My friends, we have to take charge. And right now, a lot of that's setting boundaries, And you need to realize why are you feeling guilty and is that justified or is that toxic guilt like we were talking about at the beginning? And is the relationship with your school healthy or is this a codependent relationship where you feel shame and you feel that things that are going wrong in the school is because you aren't trying hard enough? Or is your admin trying to make you feel that way or do you feel like that's what they're trying to do? This causes self-blame, which causes stress and depression which causes physical decay and mental decay. And you don't deserve that. We've talked about things you can do to deal with some of the stress. We've talked about self-care, but a lot of the bare bones is you need to set boundaries. And if you are an unhealthy relationship, you need to first become aware of it and then you need to address it. It's one thing to say like, oh yeah, my boyfriend beats me and is a drunk. But then after you finally admit that's the problem, You need to do something about it. Are you going to speak to admin? Are you going to set the boundaries and say, okay, I will not answer my phone after this. I will not enter grades after this point. I will not cover a class when it's my passing period. You need to set your clear boundaries. And it's not because you're being a bitch. It's not because you're being selfish. It's because if you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. And you will fall apart. And yes, schools need help. Yes, kids need help. But it is not your personal responsibility to keep the whole thing astride. The weight of the school and the district and these children should not be on your shoulders weighing you down and making you cry or making you sick or making you so anxiety ridden you don't want to get out of your car, out of your bed. Because that is unhealthy and that is wrong and that is fearful and that is no way to fucking live. And you can fix that. A lot of these can be fixed by just setting your boundaries or talking to admin. And if that doesn't work, you can go find another school. I 100% can tell any teacher right now, you can go find another school probably in the next week or two if you wanted to because everyone is in dire need of teachers. And if you want to wait for the good one or for the best school or whatever your dream school would be, guess what? They're going to have positions available this fall. Because so many people are leaving because they felt like they feel like they've been treated like crap and because they have been treated like crap. This is your chance as a teacher, as a human being, to take control of your destiny and your health and your mental health. And you can do it. And you don't need to be afraid of it. You don't need to be scared. And you don't need to feel guilty. We talked to Lucille, who had 12 days banked. She could have put in her two weeks and been gone for the rest of the school year. But she didn't because she didn't feel that was right. But those were her fucking days, Lucille, right? You still there? Am I putting yeah, words I'm still in your here. Life? Absolutely. Those
3: were my days. And do you know how many people encouraged me to just be like, just take all those days?
0: Just take all those days. But in your head, you feel oh, like wow. I'd be such a bitch. That would be me fucking them well, over. Well, yeah. Is that know, you fucking them over? No, those are your fucking days.
3: Yeah, and I talked special ed and everything. So I was just like, God damn it. Like, I can't just. Just abandon shit. And, but the thing is, it's like I feel like people would already portray me as abandoning.
0: And that's not right. It's not right. You were taking care of your health. You were taking care of your family by going to a higher paying job that was going to respect you and treat you better. And still an education. And still an education. And there is nothing wrong with that. Every other corporation accepts the only way you get a raise is by getting a new job. But we've been raised in this kind of unhealthy relationship with public schools that this is just the way it is. You crawl the steps. You get your years. Hey, if you get a master's, you might get an extra couple hundred dollars a month. If you want to not deal with the kids at all, you can go into – well, not deal with kids at all. If you want to go into admin, you can do that and get a pay bump. But I can tell you principals, while they're doing well, they aren't making the big bucks either. But it is up to you to take control of your life and control of your health. And you don't need to feel guilty about it because first you need to realize this is unhealthy and I am unhappy. And then you need to actually speak up about it and you need to start addressing what can I do to change this? What can I do to make things better? And if you're thinking this is helpless, there's nothing's going to change. That's bullshit. Because even if your school's not going to change, guess what? You can go to a different school. A hundred fucking percent. They'll take you. Mm -hmm. And right now, everyone can get a new school. There are so many openings. Kristen W. just said she is tired of being gaslighted and thinking that this is normal. Education, friends, this is not normal. This is not healthy, and this is not how it should work, and it's not your fault. It's not because you were a crappy teacher. It's not because you didn't engage one-on-one. It's not because you didn't reach every single kid. No, it's because you're human, and you've been put in a situation in an environment that is not functional. Yes. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, hey, you. Guys, guess what? what? What you got? What? We have a Patreon! Oh, wow! Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. We have a Patreon. And let me first tell you, our patrons of Teaching You to Drink are awesome people. A lot of the information material for this episode was given and helped and handed to me by patrons. I had several several help. I had Mr. Physics Runner. I had Kristen W. I had Avocado Queen. I had, oh my God, I have to go through. I had Pipsy Jolie Kirk. I had, holy fuck, there are so many... Guys, I I love you all. I've gotten so many messages. We talked about how we're doing this day. So my patrons, thank you so much for reaching out, for giving your information and sharing your stories we couldn't do this without you and we also couldn't do this without your support. So if you like this podcast, and you like to hear it and you'd like to support us or start to chat with us more, join our Patreon for Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. It's only 5 to 10 dollars a month. You get lots of extra bonus episodes, you get to hear live recordings, you get to join our special Facebook page where you get to meet the hosts and other people and you interact, you can meet other teachers who feel the way you do. If you identify with this show and what we've been talking about, then you would fit in pretty well in our Facebook group, just saying, but you should do it. Do it now. Do it. All right, my friends, I'd like to thank everyone for being here, but just one more quick recap on everything we've covered today. First off teaching sucks right now. And one of the reasons it sucks is that we are being bullied and guilted into dealing with situations and to take on more than our fair share is. And that is not okay. Not okay. We went into detail about that. And one of the things when someone's falsely guilting you or using shame, anxiety, betrayal, disappointment to make you do these things or saying it's for the kids, this is called a codependent relationship. This is where you have toxic guilt and shame In this relationship, it's dysfunctional, and it's where one person is supporting or enabling another person's unhealthy behavior because they feel they have to, or they feel that this is just the way it should be, it seems natural or desirable, or this is the way it's always been. Does this sound familiar to any of you guys?
3: Absolutely. And then last, if you
0: have all this... You might start to feel stressed out, which can cause toxic decay. You might start to be depressed. So you need to practice self-care. And the first thing is to recognize when you're being stressed. Is this a temporary stress? Is this, I got to bust my ass for a few days and I'll be normal? Or is this my life right now? Am I having health issues? Am I gaining tons of weight? Am I not able to sleep? Am I depressed? Is my blood sugar getting up? Is my sex drive there? Am I having a hard time connecting to my family? These are signs you are undergoing a lot of stress and a lot of it can be connected to this guilt. And so you need to fix it. One of the ways you can deal with it was our three R's reflect, reframe and regulate, and then take basic care of your body. Like Lady Shathia was saying, hydrate, fuel your brain, make sure you're getting sleep, move around, get vitamin D practice as much self time and boundaries as better. And on, as best you can, and remember, you cannot fix a problem until you recognize there's a problem. So you need to think, okay, is this school situation shitty temporary, or is this just how it is? Is this how it's always been? And what do I need to fix it? Can I talk to my admin? Can I jump ship? Do I need to look at a different career? What is best for you and your healthy and that? what for you and your family and start doing it. Okay, friends, this was a lot. It was a lot to unpack. I hope this has helped you guys. I hope you have at least identified because teachers, remember, you are not alone. There are millions of us who are dealing with this exact same thing right now where we are being guilted, we're being stressed. So don't put it on yourself. Talk to people, talk to your peers, talk to your family, talk to your therapist. Most educational health plans, include therapy as being covered with just a copay go do it you can do it online we have some resources on our webpage from the teacher's guide to mental health if you're more concerned with depression and some of the other things that go along with this go back and listen to our episode on a teacher's guide to mental health but this was really a teacher's guide to feeling guilty and codependency because i think a lot of people don't realize what's going on okay Guys, I love you so much, and I want to thank my host for joining us and being here and spending two hours tonight listening and hearing me rant and helping me out. First, I'd like to thank our newest newbie, Miss Lady Shafiad.
4: So glad to be here tonight.
0: We're so glad to help you. I look forward to you bringing your health messages to everyone out there. I want to thank my guest and always positive partner, Miss Bunny O'Hare. I'm so glad you were here.
1: Well, thanks for having me back. It was a pleasure as
0: always. I'm glad to have you. Lucille Lane, I've talked to many patrons and they're always excited to hear how things are going for you and Ah, how life is on the outside. I had several when we did our uh, movie watch party asking how you were doing. And I said, she'll be back and she'll tell you soon. So people love you and I thank you for taking the time to come back. It really means a lot.
3: Yes, absolutely. Doing well, doing fantastic, still in education, but not teaching. Um, happy,
0: Sleazy. I'm so glad for you. You I deserve it. Water. <laughs> yeah. and, and last off to the guy who looks just like me, Count Chocolate. I'm so glad you were here tonight.
2: I appreciate it. A day without chocolate is a day not fully lived. And this has been good. It's been a good two hours. Appreciate it. It's been therapy. Sorry about the right. soapbox.
0: All right, my friends. I love all you guys. Thanks. I need these times. They make me feel better. So, everyone out there, deep breaths, deep drinks, cheers! Woo! Yo. Woo! Cincinnati. <laughs> what
2: up? Woo! 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 Yeah.
0: All right, my friends. Thanks for joining us for another very special episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. Before I go any further, I'd like to give some credit where credit is due. First, I'd like to thank several patrons for sharing their stories and their information. Big thanks to Iron Swine, Physics Runner, Avocado Queen, Kristen K, and Pipsy Jollikirk. Our section today on guilt and codependent relationships was pulled from several articles on psychcentral.com, and our section on self-care came from many notes from a stealth, from a Stress and Mental Wellness Seminar given by Dr. Evelyn Montanez and James Rodriguez. Feel free to look them up; they have some amazing resources. I'd like to thank all of my hosts that were present today: Miss Lucy O'Lane, Miss Lady Shatheed, Miss Bunny O'Hare, and Count Chocolate. I couldn't have done this without them. And I'd like to thank everyone, including our sponsor at Ludlam Dramatics. This took a lot of energy and a lot of effort, and I appreciate everyone who stuck through listening to all of this. I love you guys. Support the patrons. Support Ludlam Dramatics. Support our host. Do everything. And thank you guys so much. Take care of yourselves. It's rough out there. Oh yeah, and you know, share and leave reviews, subscribe, all that bullshit. Okay, my friends. Love you. Kisses. Mwah.